You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's episode 71 of Eurobash, and we've had a very, very busy, busy week with the Bellator Dublin show going down. We're pretty exhausted. We went there yesterday, and we uh, we blew off some steam, didn't we, Noel? And today, we're a bit worse for wear, lads. We did. We, we blew off a bit of steam uh, watching that shite. Yeah, uh, the rugby was on yesterday, Ireland v England. We'll get to that at the end, but um, it, it was one of those weeks where you needed to unwind a bit, oh, let's yeah. say. Yeah, that's the man. Like, those weeks of... It drive you fucking mad those five weeks, just constantly on the go, constantly on your feet, constantly talking shite. Um, <laughs> that, that, it, that pertains to me more than most. Of it is, yeah, but uh, they're always fun, man. I love them. It was great to see everyone and uh, everyone in flying form as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was a long L day of fights. Um, we will get to the talking points from Bellator Dublin um, in a few minutes, but first, let's have a look at the headlines for this week. Valentina Shevchenko will take on Joanne Calderwood. Uh, they're going to meet at UFC 251 on June 6th. Um, Alexander Rakic has signed a new deal with the UFC coming off that loss to Volkan Ozdemir. Jack Hermanson will be back in action against Chris Weidman in Oklahoma on May 2nd. I really like that fight. Eric Spicely be Roman Kopilov, one of my prospects to watch in 2019. Goes down on March 28th. I heard Kopilov was injured ahead of his debut. He obviously lost that. That was a big shock to me. So interesting to see him in there against Spicely. Eric Anders is going to take on Christoph Jocko on April 11th. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, Gallagher v. Eleanor has been rebooked for the Bellator London main event in May. James Haskell will always make his debut on will also make his debut on that same card, the, the rugby, the English rugby legend. Ross Houston has also penned the deal with Bellator. Uh, Paddy Pimden has got a new opponent for Cage Warriors London. He now takes on David Martinez. Donovan Desme has had to withdraw from that fight. That's the third time Donovan and Pimblet has fallen out. Um, Morgan Sharry will take on Darko Banovic for the interim weatherweight title at that uh, London event in March. And uh, Aries continued to sign UFC veterans Wilson Hayes signing on the dotted line for the Afro-European promotion now. That was a lot of headlines. I feel like I did a good job keeping myself on top of the news there. You did, especially with the day that's in it as well, being a Monday. Yeah, uh, horrific. It is, yeah. It's after a tough week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love the uh, Chris Wyman, Hermanson fight. Oh, I really, really like that, yeah. Well. yeah. Uh, really looking forward to that one. And, uh, and we got Shevchenko and Calderwood, which we were calling for. Well, I mean, Shevchenko made it pretty clear on this show that she was going to fight Calderwood. I mean, when we yeah. asked her about the three names, she just went in on Calderwood. Yeah. Like, what, not went in on very respectful, of course, but uh, it seemed pretty obvious from there. Um, Gallag- Gallagher and Eleanor rebooked for, for May as well. Yeah, it's great to see it's happening. Um, yeah, very impressed with the... Uh, with that fight, I think we were obviously, you know, it was a bit of a knock-on effect for last week. Yes, um, absolutely. We'll talk about that later but, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, huge fight on a really good card as well. Like, there seems to be adding uh, some big names to that, including uh, James Haskell, as you said. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, will we have a chat about Bellator Dublin? There's yeah. a lot to unpack because there were 75 fights on the card, but... Um, 60. Yeah, <laughs> let's have a look. Uh, big win for Liam McCord in the main the main event. Um, she was put center stage with in the absence of Gallagher and Eleanor. Um, she revealed to us afterwards the orbital injury she suffered in the lead-up to the fight. I actually didn't know she injured her orbital. I just thought she had a black eye. That was the question I asked her. So, oh, yeah, I just didn't even take it. I took it with a pinch of salt. I just thought it was a sparring. Yeah, yeah, thing. I didn't realize it was a big deal. Um, obviously, the weight cut then as well, what she was saying, yeah, cu- cutting her time. hair off and stuff. Like, I mean, she went fucking ham to get that scales right. And fair play to her. We were talking about the emotion that yeah. she showed when she weighed in. Um, and then, of course, did you see the video she puts out today of Molly McCann yeah, lifting brilliant. her spirits? Molly's great, isn't oh, she? Ah, come on, man. She's gold. She's great crack. She was a, a banting with, with everyone last week around the place, full of life, full of energy, really good crack. And uh, She looks really trim now, doesn't she? she All the time. She does. She I looks ripped. I, I think she's, she's done that. I think she's obviously looking off. Professional athlete, you know? Looking out what she eats for and stuff like that now. And, you know, she's obviously doesn't have to work full time anymore either. So, yeah it's, yeah, it's a big plus. I think a lot of fighters are like that, which is it's great to see. I think Molly really helped Leah in the push for this as well because, you know, as I said, we, we did some interviews with Molly ahead of this fight, of course, and with Leah. And the fact that Molly had been in this situation with Cage yeah. Warriors before, I think that would have really allowed her to, like, ease her mind, you know, as in, like... She's she's an, uh, a calming a calming influence almost on Leah, and you see that, you know, Leah's always reaching out to her for advice. We see that on social media a lot. She talks about... You know, um, did she even say it on Eurobash that she spoke to Molly about even headlining as you're saying there? And, uh, you know, it is. It's when you have someone like that as sort of a mentor like figure, it's very calming and reassuring. And obviously lots of fighters are like that in the gym, you know, Um, you know, like obviously with your with your coach as well. It's that sort of relationship. It's almost like a life coach in in many sort of ways. Absolutely. Now, um, like me to Jose Young's. (laughs) Very good. Very well done. Um, Leah, of course was involved in that main card and um you know we've got to address the criticism the main card got um after so many people saying this fight should be on this fight should yeah. be on look it's bellator who who put those fights on um it's bellator who will have to take the rap for that i mean from chalmers against clem uh maybe a less explosive fight from Charlie Ward, but he was very happy with that performance. I think that was probably the best fight out of that main card, the three-fight yeah, main e- card e- in Bellator Dublin. Easily. And then, of course, Lee in the main event. Um, what do you think of the complaints? Are they well-founded? Yeah. Like, just look at the fights alone. You know, I think we even said it, uh, especially the Austin Clem and Aaron Charmers fight, like, there wasn't an awful lot going on. And, you know, maybe the referee at times could have stood them up. There didn't seem to be a lot of activity. He let it roll. And I know sometimes we criticise referees for standing up, but I think this was a case where... You know, there wasn't a lot of activity from Clem when he was uh, on top of Charmers. They just weren't fights that really got, I think, the pulse racing even before they were announced, if we're honest about it. Mm. And I think we saw that in fight night. You know, it didn't really come through. And, I, you know, we, we mentioned it, and we're probably justified in mentioning what we said about Paul Redmond and Georgie Karaki, and that fight really delivered, you know, a really, Brilliant. really cl- close first round. Karaki got the finish, and obviously as well, I think the, the side story that was absolutely fascinating, his wife was actually giving birth while he was in the cage, <laughs> yeah. which was absolutely insane. But they're the fights that should have been positioned higher up, and uh, I think we were justified in what we said in the build-up, because, listen, they were they were pretty stale fights. Yeah, and look, like the thing about Redmond is, him and Crosby, without a doubt for me, got the biggest ovations of the night. Maybe Lee in the main event here, when she was coming out, there was a big there was big fanfare, but the, the arena wasn't as full as it was. Yeah. When uh, Kiefer and Redmond were in there, look, they're both North Dublin lads. Yeah, um, massive reception Kiefer got, man. Yeah, he did. He got a huge in look, um, absolutely huge. And and Redmond did as well. Look, it didn't go Paul's way, um, 
you know, that was a very high stakes fight against a guy who's been in there with the very best in the world. And look, I thought Rezzer's hands looked really good early on. Really good in the first um, round. I feel like, you know, the uh, Georgie landed a, a great shot before he locked up that guillotine. And I don't think that guillotine submits Paul Redmond if he's in his full faculties. I think that punch probably yeah, obscured it a bit. Off. Look, he's, he's one of the best fighters in Ireland. Um, Easily. And he's in there fighting the best guys in the world. I don't, I don't know what else you have to, to do to get in a in a good place on the card. But look, we've, we've been banging our heads off a while about that for a long time. Another storyline that emerged, and you were all over it in fairness, uh, Ricky Bandeas, Brian Moore, and uh, we're going to hear from Brian later, and Patchy Mix yeah. all involved there. I feel like, I love Patchy Mix. I think he's incredible. But if I'm Bellator, I'm going Bandeas more yeah. all fucking day, man. Yeah, yeah, you have to, I think, with just... Even, you know, Brian came over, lovely guy. He is the nicest he's man. Just, he's just, a great lad. How could you fight that guy? Like, I, 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 I has a bit know. of a thing for him, I'm not going to lie. But he is. He's an absolute gentleman. Brian's a, a bloody legend in my eyes. Love the guy. Um, came over, big hug, said hello. Um, and and he, I didn't realise until he'd said it to me. So which I was checked Twitter, saw what was going on. Patchy Mix said he would love to throw down against him. Then obviously he was saying about, you know, Ricky Bandejas, you called him out. And yeah, like in terms of a marketing sense and a marketing point of view, it's a fucking no-brainer to and match. what do we keep saying? Ricky Bandejas, they need a marketing plan. They need some stories. Yes. Let's generate some narrative. And look, we talked to more about this later on. Now, Moore is very complimentary of Bellator. I think you should very put Bandejas in against every fucking SPG fighter they can. Because <laughs> yeah. it puts fucking eye. It's, it's, it, people are genuinely fucking interested to see this shit. And like, Bandeas is buzzing off at of backstage. You can feel like yeah. the questions about SPG. He was loving answering yeah. all and that I, stuff. I think we have to address that as well in terms of the, mar- the you know the marketing thing we were saying because we spoke to fighters last week and Chris Bungard said it straight to me in the interview. You can go fucking check it. Bellator aren't doing a good enough job of marketing their fighters or creating uh, narratives. These, these narratives. So, um, look, you, yeah. we'll wait till we hear you know? from more later on. Try and tell me after you listen to Brian more later on that you don't want that fight. But also, try felt, tell him. <laughs> I felt like. Um, I love the fact that Kiefer comes out and calls out Soren back. Yeah, I was like, this is exactly he, what we've been waiting for, man. He just had a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he'd be chilled out. Do you know what I mean? He was going mental. I've never seen Kiefer that angry. Like, I, lo- I love the way he buzzes. Like, he, he goes out. He fucking hard. scared me. I had, to leave, I, I, I had to leave after the question. I just turn off my camera. I'm fucking out of here in case he fucking jumps at me. But. He, he did it to me last time as well. I just think he's full of adrenaline yeah, after being in there. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, even time. though it was like maybe two hours after the fight, yeah. we got to talk to him. Need to go have a shower and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But um, look, could you imagine that week? Yeah. I'm at, yeah, and put like put him on a you know with James's undercard or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's they always seem to buzz off each other as well in fight week, and that's you know when you see that, I think it's a no brainer for the promotion to do it, and obviously the lads in the gym. But listen, massively looking forward as I said to Cal and James again. I I, I just can't wait to see that fight. I think we're I think we're even wanting more now. Yeah, well that's what I'm trying to say. Like the, you cut me off there. Sorry when I was Sorry. initially talking about that, which are which are satanic Brands. rant, but. <laughs> When when that was first booked, like people didn't know who Cal is, and now everybody knows who Cal is. Like Cal is a guy, and you can feel the UK fans getting behind him. Even he says that the Irish fans are even behind him, based on what he what he uh, heard this week. We heard James talking about it last week, so I think this is really really getting people into it, and I, I can't wait for it. But yeah, what about Will Flurry? Great performance, and then he comes back out. Anyone who want to fight Will, this fella is going out and calling out the hardest fights there. Who does he call out? Fabian Edwards. A man nobody wants to go near at the moment. I've got nothing but respect for that. 
Yeah, I think you said it to him. You know, he's a guy that doesn't uh, ever back down or back away from uh, fighting. He's he's always talk on the best guys available to him, and you know, fair folks to him. Uh, really like Will, good dude, and great, great performance from him. Really I thought good. as well. Like, um, I was really impressed with the opening sequence against uh, Moore. He dropped him. I thought it was a right hand. He told me in the post fight it was actually a left. It very quick hands there in that opening exchange, mm. and, and and Moore nearly cascaded forward. And I felt from there on he was constantly chasing it, um, but. Another little storyline that broke off backstage is Dylan Logan. He had a great fight on the night, but he actually made... He was trying to make his next contest. He came away with a loss. Uh, great grappling match. Um, Jesus, it slips my mind who he was actually fighting now. Jesus, let me find that. Let me find it. Uh, Colin Murray from Scotland. Uh, great ground battle there. But after the fight, Dylan's backstage making... Fight. I think it was Harry Hardwick or someone. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he ended up getting... Um, he ended up kind of um, teasing out that fight. And then he goes to the matchmaker. Like, I mean, what more do you want from a fighter? I really like Dylan, actually. He's a great lad. Um, but also just want to say a big thanks to the PHA guys for getting us through the week. Um, we, we know these people a long time from the UFC days and stuff. So great to see uh, Dan Apostolos. I said it right this time, Dan. Your second name <laughs> is not Apostolos. That is my fault. I'm very sorry. Katie Matthews, Dan Funston, and, of course, Bellator's Ryan Garab for getting us all those great... Um, yeah, media I, access. I, I called Ryan Dan by accident. Yeah, I don't think he, don't think he liked that. But no. I don't, they're all great skins. They big, are big shout out. Yeah. Now are you ready for this? Go. We only snared the biggest interview in MMA. Well, we're there with Mister. Oh yeah, Hoist Gracie, the legend. This interview is an astonishing ninety seconds, long. <laughs> <laughs> but we couldn't. Put, we could not. Um, we couldn't just do this and not have him on Eurobash. We just want to have that in the title there. Look, he he actually would have stayed longer, but Kiefer's voice was starting, and he got like he really excited. And he was like, oh, "I gotta go! I gotta go!" He just <laughs> ran away basically. So um, Kiefer Crosby would be happy to hear that. We got a very brief word with him, but it is uh, cool to hear Hoist bigging up the Irish, bigging up James Gallagher. Um, and I'm sorry I didn't get longer, but um, I was waiting behind some lads, and Jesus Christ, they're asking what his favorite cheese was. I think for fuck's sake, I was there for. Yeah, so look, great to speak to the legendary Hoist Gracie, a man who seems to love Ireland, like love being here, and he's constantly buzzing around with, with the Bellator staff and stuff. It seems like he really enjoys being a part of the Does promotion. Did he not come here for a seminar with you? That, look, no uh. comment. No comment. Uh, let's hear from the great Hoist Gracie, the winner of all those early UFC events in his kimono. What a legendary man, and uh, great to speak to him. I think he really likes me. It's an honor to be joined by the great Hoist Gracie. Hoist Every time I see you here, you always rave about the fantastic fans. Um, can you tell me what it's like for you to come here and see the fan base in Ireland? How does it make you feel? Man, if it wasn't for the cold weather, this would be an awesome place, man. I agree. <laughs> the crowd, the food, everybody, man, everything's good, man. You know, um, very early in his career, James Gallagher told me that you had a conversation with him that made him feel completely comfortable being here, being Bellator. And of course, he's gone on to be this huge star. How impressed are you with James? He got a lot of talent. He's just, he got discipline too, you see. So it's not just being a talent fighter, but you have to have discipline to get up and do what you got to do. You know, he got injured for this event. Ed, have you been able to talk to him? I know he's floating around the event today. Have you seen him at all? We talk a little bit about it, yes, but it's okay. It's not, it, Hey, I understand. You get hurt, you get hurt. There's nothing you can do about it. He's so young, Hoist. Do you ever see James being a world champion? Like, do you think a Bellator world title is in his future? Everyone have a chance. It's just to be the world champion. You just got to have the right mind in place. 
when you're here at these events, final question, when you're here at these events, do you ever want to get back in the cage yourself and compete? No, I'm too old for this, man. Come on. You look fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> now, of course, what what an epic interview there with Hoist Gracie. Uh, the, the best 90 seconds of Eurobash ever. The best 90 seconds of your life, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kiefer, Kiefer, we could have got at least four minutes out of him if you hadn't started. But um, let's talk about Kiefer Foyt because it seemed like a lot of people on press row were scoring it for, yeah. uh, for Tado. Um, I was kind of, I didn't get to watch the whole lot of it. Like, I, I felt like it was a very exciting fight, though, because, it, like, everybody was in there. Um, like, you know, the, it felt like the crowd were really involved. And the lads were leathering each other. Like, I mean... It, Some of those kicks for Tato was trying were unbelievable. Inside yeah. leg kicks and kicks to the body, man. There was serious toad off them. Absolutely. Like, seem, people seem to be surprised by the decision. So I kind of went and I spoke to some judges. Um, I, I spoke to Ben Cartledge on the night as well. And he was like, look, I... I I think he had it for Furtado, but he was like a 29-28 for Kiefer isn't out of question at all there. You know what I mean? It, it's uh, He had a late rally in the third round and the crowd were really uh, surging behind him. So I don't I don't think it was a robbery by any stretch, but um, I certainly felt like a lot of people were, were scoring it. I, I, I had a 29-28 for, uh, for uh, Furtado as well. I thought, you know, those kicks did a lot of damage, seemed to be more active in the front foot. Um, I... I I can understand, you know, if Ben saying it, I wouldn't mind watching it back. I haven't yeah, had a chance I d- to like, watch I mean, it back. I, I don't want to comment on this because I was popping my head up. We're always uh, up and down uh, all over the place on, on fight night. But, um, yeah, I did. I uh, You know, watching it, I was going, I, I generally thought Kiefer had lost the fight. I, di- I didn't have a clue, to be honest. I, I was sure I was backstage and all when they, <laughs> they called out the result. But um, Smullen as well... Um, was you know he lost a split decision yeah. there, and I I was saying this to uh Ben kind of like I I think I think when you the, for the criteria I think even though Richie was probably dominating on the ground an awful lot I feel like they need they want you to add a lot more strikes like they want you to use that yeah. dominant position to get to to nail down that score in the round, um I'd have again I'd have to have a look at Richie's fight I was running around like a blue arse fly, but um. What about, we forgot to mention this, Charlie Ward's backstage interview after Savage. his win. <laughs> Savage. Like, it's interesting, right? Because I was talking to Kieran Davern, and he was like, this is the first time Charlie's ever been Trained actually probably. like... And, and you could see that he wasn't tired in the third round. He wasn't he, tired when he came out to us. No, he did a lot of grappling as well in that fight. Um, usually he's obviously known for his punching power. But um, I don't know why he doesn't put himself in the front of the cameras more, man. He is magic. Oh, it was golden. I've been fighting lads in fields. fields. I'm yeah. a real fighter. That's the difference. Yeah, they're not real fighters. I shouldn't have said that about 50 Cent. <laughs> You're a legend, Charlie. He was brilliant. Absolutely golden. I literally and, uh, walked up to him afterwards. I said, please do more interviews, Charlie. You, you light up my day when you get in front of the yeah, cameras at these he, things. He's deadly. He is. He's, yeah. he's, you know, he's excellent. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it's good for Charlie as well that he was tested out in other areas, you know, for, for going forward, that he was he was on his arse a bit in the fight as well. And, um, yeah, he's just a great guy. He's a, he's a very uh, marketable guy. And I just don't think he fucking... Is he arsed doing them? I don't know whether he's arsed or whether he's a bit shy or what. I don't know. I just think he probably thinks it's a waste of time. Yeah. It's like trying to break a wild horse out there interviewing Charlie <laughs> Ward sometimes. So it's, it's amazing when it happens. I just hope he keeps doing it for it's, us. It's a rare treat, but I think... <laughs> it's a rare treat. Yeah, it is. It is. It was great to see him uh, come out and, and have a narrow with us. But, you know, you don't get it every day of the week. Normally he says he'll come out and he won't show up. So. <laughs> we're, all, we're all waiting there yeah, all night, yeah. yeah. It was great, but, uh, yeah, no, Charlie's, Charlie's, Charlie's fucking hilarious. 
Um, what what does Redmond do from here? He, he's gone in against Carcanyon, a guy who was one of the best in Bellator. Um, obviously fought for the featherweight title before he's moved up to 55 now. And I thought he looked very good at 55. Yeah. And, and even Redmond said it before the fight. Reza was saying to us, like, I think this is an advantage for him coming yeah. up to this new weight class for the first time. He's going to have an F- extra bit in his gas tank. You know, and, and look, to submit Paul Redmond is, is no easy feat. Definitely my God, not. it really isn't. Like, Definitely. I mean... I've, I've watched that guy compete in Polaris events. Black belt. He's, he's unbelievable. He's, Look at the throw he landed on um, yeah. Canyon earlier on. Beautiful Jeez, bit of that technique. Was a brilliant. Was it a judo throw? Yeah, but I guess I was surprised um, when he did. He landed in side control and Carcanyon managed to get up quite quickly. Like, I, I don't think Redmond's a hard... Like, I mean, I think it's a very difficult thing to get up from underneath mm-hmm. Redmond. Um, so that was that was uh, puzzling to see. Of course... Uh, Manager Paul Fogarty was over talking yeah. to us. We actually missed the end of that. Thanks very I much, Paul. Did Paul have a bad way cut this week? Because he looked, he, he he wasn't in the best of form at the media day either. I noticed. I just don't think he likes it that much. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, well, Paul, look, Paul we are going we are going to find out what happened there, but I don't want to be. Yeah, yeah, you know, just just wondering, like, because uh, <laughs> I know Chris Bungard was. I think he said he would food poisoning. Uh, you know, this what week do you think coming of that into fight? the Bungard, fight. Bungard v v um... Premise was good, man. Very impressive. Yeah, but, but, but Bungard v Redmond in the future. Yeah, why not? I, I don't mind that fight. Yeah, I like that fight. I, I'm hearing. I don't know. I haven't. I don't know who the opponent is or whatever. But I'm hearing that Queely's already booked. Could be potentially booked for that Bellator or London fight. Um, is your opponent? No, no. But oh. I don't think it's someone he's he's been matched with before, based on what I've heard. I could be wrong. Well, there's you know I think that boy beef doesn't really go away either. Uh, no, Queely and Bungard after after the week that's just gone. Um, very sort of interesting comments from from Chris Bungard. Uh, I'd even like to see, like, I mean, if, if Kiefer's talking about 55, sorry, back, I'd love to see Kiefer. And, and yeah, Reza. well, Kiefer, yeah, interesting he said that, that he said he's definitely going and fighting at 155 now. And he looked let, great he at did. 160, like he was ripped, man. Yeah. Like, and that's with the week he had making that fucking weight. Like. Yeah, no, fair play to him. Yeah, definitely. But I think it'd be great now to see Kiefer, you know, have a home at 155 pounds and match up those... Uh, Interject himself in those, those conversations. conversations, yeah. Like that, exactly. I'd like to see Redmond v. Kiefer. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I mean, if, if he's... That'd be a great fight, wouldn't if it? Ke- if Kiefer's going towards like the, the Sauron backs of the world, I mean, Redmond's... Right it, there. Yeah, like, I mean, and, and for an Irish card, that would be fucking wild. Imagine now, I the that. lads get on very well. they probably have that uh, at the start of the night, though. <laughs> <laughs> thing uh, I only be take the piss obviously no uh, do they get on well yeah they probably do ah yeah, yeah I think so like I mean I understand it's it's Pete. Team Rhino v SBG you know he's stirring the pot here yeah here, listen <laughs> fucking leave me. I just I just like to, I like to see them fight each other it's no, not know what they do for a living no we have to we have to mention that if we think it's if it's uh, a fight that would uh, create interest and fucking hell it would yeah I think it definitely would um, what about Encamp spinning kick um, Liu Long Jesus that was hard we were sitting right beside Liu Long's yeah. family there and it was like literally went from screaming to dead silence. Yeah, it was uh, tough. You know, it is. When you see that, and I think we need to mention that this week as well. And we, we're, you know, we know these guys for years, a lot, and it's just sort of, it's tough to watch when their their family are sitting cage side sometimes. It's so emotional, man. It's, yeah, it's a. It can, sort of I think that was more. one of those moments there with Encamp certainly, like um, because Liu Long is a savage. He's a, he's a veteran of the sport in Europe. Um, yeah, and he's had that moment like that before with Saldic and. You know, yeah. oh, I thought I thought Encamp um, was absolutely going to have his handful on the night. With, so did I. Long. So yeah. I'm very impressed with his win. Yeah, Don't get amazing. me wrong; that's that's the way the sport is, unfortunately. But um, yeah, shocking. Like you know, well, big time. Beck Rawlings added a lot to the card this week as well, didn't she? Yeah. Like I mean, she she was people are genuinely interested in her over here. Like I mean, I know her record; she had a losing record. She still does after a mm. win the other night, but. As Bellator have told us before, this is an entertainment thing, and she seems to fit right into that curve. Then she seems very I think happy. People with them. have always 
taken an interest in Beck. Yeah. Because of her story, obviously, the domestic abuse. Um, you know, she was on the Ultimate Fighter. Mm. There was that Ultimate Fighter. If, if and she's you, very unique looking. Like, she's got her own, she's got her she own image. I, I spoke to her a lot this week she's about great. how marketable she's made herself. She's made herself a real brand. So I completely agree with you yeah, there. Yeah, and... Um, Boy, I didn't think she was going to have... That much of an impact. Yeah, you don't see it yeah, a lot of the like, times wow. until they're actually in your face. I think our videos did person. more than anyone's for us and MMA fighting this yeah. weekend. Anyway, that's that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think a lot of the guys, you know, she's she's a good look. A lot of people fancy her. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just it's true. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, she's just she's good. And I tell you what, she's um, she seems motivated now as well. And I think maybe she was she was missing that for a while. You know, in the UFC, it didn't go her way. You know, she went to bare knuckle boxing, and I think she, maybe I think when that she was like in bare knuckle boxing, I think with that she was very like Artem with that bare knuckle situation, in that she showed her value through yeah. going there because she made this a thing. I think her and Artem, people like that, were the, were really the catalyst behind yeah. that becoming a big thing. And I think it made her, made her realize how much she actually loves mixed martial arts as well, doing the BKB because she yeah. even said, oh, "I missed so many elements of it," and that hunger's back. That's what that's what it seems like. So. Uh, you know, big, big, uh, big, huge win for her. You know, that's that's a massive win. She can start building up the, the division now. Tough night at the office for uh, Aaron Chalmers. What what does this do to Chalmers? Like, look, we we get on very well with yeah. Aaron. He's a he's always had a great buzz with us off the podcast and stuff like that. Um, you know, and he's kind of earned our respect as well. Let's hundred percent. I said it to you last week. I was saying how impressed I was with him during the week and how he conducts himself, how he handled himself. But Clem was always going to fight him that way, and he's a yeah. purple belt, and that's a yeah. I can remember I spoke to Andy Ryan briefly about this fight um, on Saturday, and he was like, <laughs> "The thing about purple belts is they're always attacking. They're mm. always trying to like you know enforce their will." And I think I could see Clem trying to set things up, it just didn't happen for him. But like the problem with with a fight like that is, <clears throat> no, my dad talked about it today. He's like, "Jesus, there's too much of that uh, holding each other down." Now I know that's a very casual take yeah, on MMA, yeah. but that's the people that they're appealing to by putting Chalmers on the card. By uh, putting Leah in the main event, like my man knew who Leah was before the main event. You're like, she's like, I hope Leah wins. Yeah, my mum was talking yeah, about, it's, about it's her mad, as well. Yeah, like, she goes, I watched that uh, that that Leah one. Yeah. So like, if people are that's a that's a really good thing. And I think if you look at Leah's social media, even this week, her Huge. Twitter's bumped up massively. So look, she had four fights before she's main event yeah. in the three arena. She handled herself fantastically. Well done, Leah. I think the way she conducted herself all week as well. Absolutely. And it's not easy doing all that those media duties when you're not used to it and trying to yeah, fit into your look, schedule, lose weight. Mental. You can't predict how the fights are going to yeah. go, I guess. But, um, you know, tough night for Aaron. I just, I don't know, like, was the reason why we were all tuning into Aaron is because it was so taboo to have this guy coming into the sport. And now, as we said, he's nearly been accepted as he, yeah. as an MMA it's, fighter. It's not Aaron Jordy Shore anymore. It's Aaron Charmers in the yeah. MMA community. Um, and, and, yeah, and listen, what I think he should do is I think he should piss off to the States for a few months and, and just f- solely focus on, on, on grappling and wrestling, maybe ATT or somewhere like that. But uh, I mean, he's in with Alex Unland. Unland's a I savage. Know, yeah, but, you know, sometimes I think going out of your comfort zone, away from your family, all of that sort of yeah. builds. Um, you, you as a fighter, you often see it, you know, like obviously... You know, with, with Paul Felder, he pisses off to, to Milwaukee, you know, away from his, his his wife and kids. It's a very hard thing, but I think they... You of just get more just done be to, immersed. To be, yeah, to be immersed and involved deeply uh, in what you're doing. So, um, just just a final question for you on this Bellator Dublin. We can move on to uh, you mentioned him there, Paul Felder, and I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on on Felder's situation. Uh, you've been very close with him. You've obviously interviewed Paul probably more than anyone in Europe. Um, I, I think without a doubt, like you know, yeah. but Bellator Dublin happens. It wasn't the most fan friendly 
fight card of all time. Like people aren't raving about all these amazing fights that happened on the night. Certainly generated a lot of stories, no doubt about that. But after a night like that, with Cage Warriors and UFC coming back this year, and they're they they're coming to Ireland, um, and there's no Bellator event between now and then. Yeah. I mean the next one's it's, it's a week after or something, isn't it? After it's a week after. It's, it's a month after. It's sometime yeah. in a month after. But the fact that Cage Warriors will come here in May in Belfast, and then the UFC are going to come here in August, um. Will they be happy that Bellator didn't really have the best night in the world? Will this allow them to look a lot better, say, when they come over? I don't think they care. They just want to disrupt Bellator um, to do whatever they can. And I think we saw that last week, obviously, you know, a week beforehand, them announcing the UFC card conveniently at the time. Yeah, do you think that of is Of course it, it was. Yeah. Of course it was, man. You know, definitely. They, they always do shit, you know. You see the, a week of a Bellator fight, Normia McGregor fights announced or something on the yeah. day of it. There's always that little jibe going on between the two. But I don't think they're going to be concerned because Bellator haven't done enough good job, in, in my opinion, in marketing uh, themselves and the fighters here. I think the UFC can, see, UFC can see that. I think we saw that last week, even the traction UFC Dublin was always going to create. And it sort of overlooked Bellator for two or three days till, till fight week rang in. No, I don't think the UFC are going to be concerned. And I think the UFC, as I said last week on the show, I think they're going to put on a big main event for us here as well. A decent, very high-level main event. And What um, about Cage Warriors, though? That, that's been the main beef in this area. Though. Like, Bellator essentially have come in. The mm. European series have been very focused in the UK and Ireland where Cage Warriors have been the dominant feeder for the UFC. Um, you know, like... Based on what Ian Dean's done before with these fights, and he he, he is a fantastic, yeah, one of the best brilliant. matchmakers in the world. I think they put on the most competitive yeah. fights in the world. I think they'll be happy in the sense that they know that their main card that night will likely yeah. um, be a bit better spectacle. Say, not yeah. a, a spectacle's hard because Bellator is such a, a spectacle yeah, in itself. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of the fights themselves, I think there this, will be a lot better action on that main card. Yeah, because obviously. The uh, you know all the talk is going to be is Reese McKee going to come in here and make a fucking statement for UFC Dublin, and um, the UFC I'm sure are going to you know promote that a fair bit as well on on, on that week because it, it it makes sense for them obviously being on UFC Fight Pass, so people are going to get really really excited for this Cage Warriors card and yeah we're dying for some new Irish blood yeah, in the UFC uh, of Jesus course we are like imagine the amount of people that are going to be tuning into that cause the knock on effect is Dublin mm. like even US audience are going to be tuning into that. They go, shit, you know, this Irish guy, Reese McKee, you know. Absolutely. I'm already seeing his yeah. name has like, skyrocketed. Like, the, like when you, when we're putting out things on MMAfighting.com, sometimes, you know, the Americans don't recognize these guys, but they all know the story yeah. now. This is this could be the next dude, and they're paying attention, and it's going to be a big spotlight of him on May 16th. Yeah. Like I did, I did, I think I put out a clip for, uh, you know, Reese. I, I did a quick interview with Reese a few months ago on, on Off the Ball, and I put it out, and it was like a two minute clip just for social media and I think it did like 75,000 views Mad. in the day like just yeah. just crazy numbers Reese is producing across everything he does and I think that is obviously the knock-on effect um you know because I, I think the knock-on effect there is people are going when's the next Conor McGregor gonna come out of Ireland is this the guy to do it and like there's those similarities with that left peg uh hand they both have the, the touch of death I think we've talked about so mm. Yeah, man, it's like a semi-final. I think we talked about that. Yeah, in the yeah. final is, is is the UFC, so eyes a plenty are going to be on that. Yeah, and I think it's it, it, it's it's important for Cage Warriors to have an Irish guy yeah. signed for that card just to underline well, how, and highlight the. I have a question for you, then, right? How, how no do you, How do you no <laughs> How do you feel about Bellator and Cage Warriors? Who you know? Who is the bigger brand in Europe? I feel Cage Warriors are. I don't no? like I, I know like I mean for for diehard fans 
like Cage Warriors is, is very hard to... Do we maybe let them off a little bit in our thinking because they put on such, you know, good competitive fights in terms of maybe their marketing could be a little bit better, maybe their production I think could their be a bit better. brilliant because so every, every single person that goes from the, the Cage Warriors to the UFC is a, is a big deal. It becomes a, a thing. Um, I love that all these guys are forged on fire. Yeah. Like, they're made go through hell and high water uh, to get that belt around their waist. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you have you have gone through a battlefield if you're a Cage Warriors champion. It's it's it's, it's like one big giant. Well, it's like that's the thing. Contender right? series. The narrative is naturally there all the time because it's a belt. Yeah. And once you have that belt, you're going. Yeah. You're you're very close to being yeah. there. So I mean, it's a built-in narrative. Um, it's like the old Ultimate Fighter. It's sport. It's <laughs> yeah, really it is. sport. It it's is. two very different things for me. But you can't argue with the James Gallagher when he's on a card. That's true, yeah. He's just fucking nine thousand tickets, man. Like, I mean, he's in every media thing. He, he'll do media for days. Mm. He'll generate so much interest. Like, I mean, it's just two very different things for yeah, me. Yeah, I enough. feel like they, they both can exist independently. And I think I think the rising tide lifts all ships, as you've been saying mm. about UFC coming back. Mm. You think it's going to be a good knockdown yeah. for Bellator, Cage Warriors, everyone. And maybe that is the impact. But I also love the little bit of devilment between oh, the two. Oh, yeah. Like, like, I mean, give you us need, that. You need that spice, man. It's good. Yeah. It keeps... keeps Graham Boylan's keeps fucking savage at storing the pot, man. He's deadly. He's, one of the, he's probably the best promoter <laughs> in the world at storing the pot. He's like a Bond villain. <laughs> Him and Martin <laughs> Lewandowski... Like a Bond villain. <laughs> Him and Lewandowski just look like Bond yeah, villains. Yeah, Lewandowski does as well. <laughs> Definitely. He's a, he's a 100% a Bond villain. Jesus. Um, and right. you, you were talking about, you know, uh, seeing people you've interviewed a lot. Obviously, you know, you know, Felder quite well compared to a lot of, a lot of um, you know other fighters and stuff that we interview. It was a, a tough, tough watch that post fight interview after an amazing fight with Dan Hooker. A fight that absolutely was hanging in the balance that could have gone either way. Um, really, really brilliant fight. I felt um, it's one of the fights of the year, hands a, down. Amazing and look. He is right on the door of beating Dan Hooker there, and it doesn't quite happen. Yeah. It's tough to go over to Auckland and fight in a war like that that's very close, you know, and, and yeah. generally the, the hometown guy is going to get it. Not to say that it's a robbery in any way, shape, or form. It's an incredibly close fight, but just tell me your feelings on Felder here. Do you think this is the last we've seen of him? The injury toll looks significant, very significant. Yeah, I, I was, you know, speaking to, speaking to, um, you know, people around and people close to him, and, and yeah, I think he's he's fractured, you know, the the orbital a couple of places, and uh, I think fractured to his shin as well. That was on on Instagram. Um, so yeah, listen, man, it's it's tough. I think sometimes I put a tweet there earlier on. Sometimes we don't really fully appreciate, you know, what these guys go through. Um, I think we see it obviously the whole time a lot uh, with guys here in the scene, and I think we just sometimes forget, you know, what they go through to give us fucking entertainment, leave their family. You know, I know it's all part of the process and they go over there, you know, thousands of miles away and you end up in a hospital for a week after. It's tough, it's tough man, you know. So, uh, as for Paul, you know, I, I sort of said this to you last week and I said on the show that I thought, you know, he might call it a day with, with a loss here. And maybe, you know, with Dublin, I think he got a little bit rejuvenated. I think he, that's you know, obviously always been a dream of his to, to fight here or do a show here. So maybe he might stick around and um, have one more fight. You know, I think there was people even talking about running running that back here in Dublin. You know, oh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to that, That'd you know, as a main event outrageous. here. Um, because it was obviously a very close fight. I had a three rounds to two to Paul, but, you know, I, I could see it being scored either way. It was just absolute war. So, listen, yeah, I, I think Dana White from, you know, sort of seeing on, on social media and stuff, what he said afterwards, I think he's going to totally try and persuade What did he Fe- say? What did he say? He more or less says, you know, oh, you know, what a fight, all this fucking shit. So, he's obviously realising, you know, Paul's a, a, a bloody exciting fighter. I think we've always known that. And I think maybe, uh, maybe that backing from Dana might sort of, 
you know, put a bit of fire in Paul's belly to, to keep going a little bit longer. You know, he's not far off a fucking title shot. He's one of the best 55 yeah. ers in the world. That, without, without, tell me your heart to heart. Will he fight again in the UFC? Yeah. I think so too. It's like... Yeah, he's just one... Like, known Paul as well. He's one of those guys, man. He can't stay at the fucking gym. Like, he, yeah. like I mean, he's an intense guy at the best of times. He's a grumpy shit at times as well. Believe me, you... And if and, Noel's saying that, I mean, yeah, it must be that's serious. coming from me. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 but yeah, listen, I think you look back, take a bit of time out, go back see his, uh, you know, Christine and 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 Ashling and, and and talk with Duke and you know, I don't think Duke wants him to to pack it in yet either. So it's up to Paul, and I think it should solely be up to Paul. I don't think anyone else. You know, I don't like this when fighters get sort of outside influence from, you know, promoters and things like that, because at the end of the day, that's a very, very dangerous thing. And, you know, I think when once the or word starts coming up from fighters, I you, we often see this, Petey. Yeah. You know, oh, once it, it's even the the sniff of it, you see a very different shift in, in, in their in their fighting ability. Well, that's it, absolutely. And, and also, Felder, we got to say, he has an option there in a different career. He's a fantastic broadcaster fantastic. now with the UFC. So, I mean, we don't generally see guys that have a ready-made, there, there is what you can do for the rest of your life. And, and that, that's what makes it kind of, if, if he's talking retirement for me, I, I want him to retire. Like, I, 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 I always say it. That's my, always totally my thing. Totally agree with you. Totally um, agree with you. I, I just think he's in a great position to retire yeah. if he wants to. And, yeah. I, and no one is going like, Jesus, yeah. oh, oh, I don't want to see Felder fight again. No one's there. Listen, I think Paul has a huge amount of fights and a lot more to offer in his career. But if he's, if he's thinking about that, and I, you know, the one thing I have to say is, like the poor fucker, man, he's had a lot of bad injuries in fights, you know. He didn't ha- he couldn't leave Arizona or F- Phoenix for a week after with the collapsed lung, Imagine the broken ribs. With, with a kid. Oh exactly, man. And his, wife and, his chi- and his fucking food and all that, you know, drink beer and Paul loves a fucking beer. And he's a trying to get burger. Action Bronson's job. She's yeah. not seeing him. <laughs> but like, that's three times now. The same in Brazil happens. You know, when, when this shit accumulates, it's not good in your body, man. And, and, and again, he's, you know, he's in hospital there for a couple of nights in, in Auckland. It fucking sucks, man. Absolutely. Um, it wasn't the best night for Europe. Obviously, uh, Alexi Chuk lost a decision as well, but we're kind of talking about injuries and stuff like that. Karolina Kovalkiewicz, I've seen a lot of complaints online about why this fight wasn't stopped. Um, she has got an, a, an unruly amount of injuries coming out of this. And how many losses has she now had in a row? Five, I think, in a row. I'll, just, I'll double check Jesus that. But Christ. Like, man, she was just getting... Like, the fight could have been fucking stopped. Like, she was just getting pieced up, pieced up. It was uncomfortable to watch. And I think, you know, she came out with four that. Four losses on the road. To four, Andrade, Watterson, Grasso, and Jan. Four in a row, right? And, you know, again, it's it, this is... You know, when you see a fighter that badly beaten up, you know, and four losses in a row, and, and there's definitely been a switch, you know, in her mindset since she lost that title fight. This is a woman who beat Rose Namajunas. yeah. And it's just like, it's just like she's totally, totally lost her confidence. She said in that piece she put up on Instagram as well that she she cracked the bone in two places below her eye. Uh, you know, two black eyes. She's very badly beaten up, very upset, obviously, as she would be. I just go again, you know, here, you know, what do you do? Do you, Does she fight on? Does she try and make a run for it again? Does she want to go through all this again? I'm not sure, man. It was very un- very unsettling to watch that fight. This is what I wanted to say. Like, I mean, why is there such a stigma around throwing in the towel in, in MMA or a referee stopping a fight? Like, I mean, from what I heard, she was just holding a glove in front of her eye, yeah. basically, and trying to land one big. She was haymaker. literally just getting pieced up. Like, when is her right. corner going? Like, yeah. this isn't. She's not going to win this fight. Like, yeah. Look yeah. at the injuries she has there. Like, I mean, are you doing your job if you're going to continue to let her fight there? I don't know yeah. if you are. Yeah, I don't know if you are either because she. 
you know, I think was pretty evident from the first round that she was, not, she was, it was going to continue on the way it was. And, you know, I think they maybe even should have stopped at the second round. It was just mental. And, uh, yeah, I, I do agree with you. you I think know. we have a bloodlust in this sport sometimes. Like, you know, we want to see, of course we do. We want to see people fucking dying, basically, before we see the, see the fight stop. And it kind of, like, with, Fury, that, that's, that's, with Fury and Wilder at the yeah. weekend, the stoppage there, it was great because I think the referee realized, um, Round seven, like this, Wilder's not going to win this fight. Like this is this is just going to be damaged. Well, unfortunately, Petey, it's probably going to take you know us t- to see that f- to realize it. Yeah, it's... you know, and coaches. That's the sad thing about this sport that you know it's obviously. A but new, even the new fan base. Oh, it's an early stoppage. It's an early stoppage. Like every time someone's freaking yeah. out about it. No, even, you are right. Even Franz Malambo and Ricky Bandea stayed here tonight. Like Franz perfect stoppage. Cascading wrong with at it. the ground forward. Yeah. I don't want to see Franz. Neither do I. Taking shots he doesn't yeah. need to take. That's a young guy with a huge career in front of him who yeah. looked great. Yeah. I don't want to fuck Franz looked brilliant in the he early rounds. The first round was fucking yeah. amazing. His grappling's come on so yeah. much, and we you know how great puncher he is, but. It's just a sad part of the sport. And it's it's like that with Emma. It's like the way cutting thing as well. Like, you know, how much more can we sort of let this go? What's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's yeah. back here? Like, and that's, we know what it is. That's it. It's we're, fucking worrying when you. when you. It's, it's the outcome that's going to be catastrophic. For a huge, yeah, massively bad for the sport when if something like that ever did happen. Uh, Mustoyev uh, split with Brad Riddell. Brad Riddell continues his winning ways. Was back in the gym the next day at five a.m. training. What a class. man! What a man! They're badasses out there in city kickboxing. Togogov, uh, he he beat Aguilar, but um, unfortunately, Emil Meek now in a situation um, where he could be looking at his marching order, same as Carolina. Like like three three losses on the bounce. What do you think? Yeah, like. Three losses in a row, you, you know, it is the magic number in the UFC if if they're going to give you your P45 and your your, your pink pay slip. And, yeah, it could very well be the case for Emil. Uh, Will his marketing me. help him at all? Because no. he's, do you not think so? No? I don't, he's a unless big, unless they big announce name. something in, in Scandinavia. Um, yeah, but like in fairness to the UFC, I think in the last couple of years, we haven't seen as many guys get cut when they've, they've lost three. They've let fighters maybe go four or five, but... I'd maybe, you know, Meek isn't a big enough name, in my opinion, to maybe keep him around uh, or get that extra fight. So it is going to be interesting to see what they do with him. And listen, I did expect Jake Matthews to win. Um, in fairness, you know, it's not an easy not an easy fight at all. Um, you going over there for that? Yeah. Like, there's a lot more travel if you're going from Vegas than there is from Australia, you Like, know? yeah, it's like fucking, I think, Jesus, what was the flight for even John Gooden? I think was putting it up the other night that... Oh, 30 hours or something? Yeah, yeah, probably. Like, yeah. I think it's a bit less from Vegas now, yeah. but still. <clears throat> was um, Yeah, so look, we'll get on to our second interview of the day. We spoke to Brian Moore, who was uh, one of the most talked about fighters uh, out of Ireland, even though he wasn't competing on the night. The nicest uh, guy in Irish mixed martial arts. Well, we've got a lot of nice ones. Brian's certainly up there at the top. Uh, nah, look at him fucking uh, too scared to say anything. He doesn't want to piss anyone off. I'll too piss- scared to say that other fighters are nice? <laughs> oh, you you, you rapscallion, my I'll, I'll piss them all off. They're all wankers. Well, there you Brian go. Brian Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only messing <laughs> Um, well, here's uh, Brian Moore anyway. Of course, we wanted to get his reaction to this Ricky Bandeas talk, this patchy mix situation. I think Bandeas is the way to go. I think Moore feels that way as well. Hands down. It, it's the way to do it. Um, let's, have a, let's have a listen to what Brian has to say, and we'll be back in about 10 minutes. And you let me know what you think, because I certainly fucking want to see this fight. Brian Moore was not competing at Bellator Dublin over the weekend, but he came away as one of the most talked about fighters um, from the Irish charges anyway, with... Uh, 
a lot of people talking about fights with Ricky Bandeas and, of course, Patchy Mix, who got involved on the internet as well. We, we spoke to you briefly on the night, uh, Brian. How was it to be there and not being able to compete? I'd say that's really tough for you because I know how much it means for you to compete at the three arena. Yeah, look at it. I headlined it before and I, uh, it's, it's a fortress, that place. And uh, to not compete in Ireland um, when the when the show was there is heartbreaking. But at the same time, at the same time you know, it was... Uh, I feel really motivated right now, and that show made me t- twice as motivated. So, you know, it was uh, I accepted that I wasn't going to be fighting on a Dublin card quite a while ago. So, it was good to be there, soak up the atmosphere, and you know, and look forward to the next one for myself. You know what I mean? So, I, look, I won't have long. I won't have long to wait before I'm back in there, and you know, the, the big show will be coming back to Dublin later in the year, and I'll be, I'll be for sure on that. You know, yeah, I was going to ask you, how are your hands? How is your health? Um, you know, even when this card came out. Um, I saw so many fans kind of fantasy matchmaking with you. Unfortunately, you couldn't come together. But, I mean, how are you? How is the health? Are you 100% ready to go now? Yeah, I'm literally 100%. Um, I rushed the last time, Pizzi, because, you know, the way the, my fight uh, went against La Hat, how, how I found that fight, how easy I was dominating. And then when I broke my hands and then I felt like I had to get back in there and I completely rushed it which made me go into my last fight with two fractures still. Wow. And, um, you know, uh, we only kind of found out. I knew there was something wrong with both hands. Uh, but it wasn't until I broke it again in training that when the surgeon opened it back up, he said, you've had this fracture for a year. It's just a plate that broke. So, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> I rushed it. So I couldn't rush it this time. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, thankfully, they feel fantastic. Mobility is back in them. You know what I mean? And, and training is going great. You know, I'm, I'm so happy where I am right now. And, uh, so after after last Saturday night, there's a lot of options out there right now for me. So I'm um, I'm happy. <laughs> yes, yes, there certainly is. Let's talk about that now. Um, mm. Franz and Ricky for me had the best fight of the night. Um, it was a brilliant mm-hmm. first round from Franz uh, and a great second round, of course, from Ricky. Um, you know, he comes backstage afterwards. This is the second time he stopped. Uh, you know. A, uh, an SBG fighter, he obviously had that highlight real KO over James Gallagher, Gallagher's sole loss, and now this one, a very competitive fight, as we already said. But when he's backstage, of course, the the media, the the narrative they can't really let slip is the fact that, you know, has versus SBG. Um, we threw out your name towards him, uh, because I know this is not the first time you and Ricky have kind of been in the same conversation together. Now, he didn't say your name, but he nodded his head and he said, I want another SPG guy. You yeah. shortly after get on Twitter. Everyone, <laughs> your Twitter, your tweet goes wild with everybody getting behind it. They want to see you versus Bandeas, and then Patrick Mix gets himself uh, in the mix, shall we say? Um, all of these mm. huge options. I, I feel like both Bandeas and uh, Patrick Mix are t- two of the most uh, well-known fighters, highly skilled fighters in that division. Um, how, how do you feel about it? Like, I mean, are these the kind of names you're looking for, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I didn't drop down to bantamweight. You know, I've been fighting these killers at at, at, at one forty five. You know what I mean in Bellator. Um, I didn't drop down this to bantamweight to, you know what I mean to just to make up numbers. I'm here to be the champ, and you're only going to get that by beating these caliber guys. And you know, the the fight I really want is you know I I I, I think Mix is a great fighter, and I'd like to put myself in against him. But I really want that Ricky Bandeas fight. Mm. Both of us have been building this fight for quite a while. Both of us have agreed to it. All we need to do is be sent contracts right now. 
You know what I mean? Now the narrative is, is you know, the SBG hunter, etc. Well, you know, I'm the most experienced SBG guy there is. You know what I mean? Uh, I, you know, besides that two-year hiatus in the sport, I've been there in SBG for nine years now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so if you're going to bring SBG's name into it, you got to bring my name into it. And I'm a different kettle. I'm a different kettle of fish. Like we we seen what Franz was able to do. You know, and he done really good. But you know, Ricky used his experience uh, to overcome that. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, he's going to be fighting someone that's that's been around and been in there in in wars. You know what I mean? He'll need a, he'll need a shotgun to get me out of there. As simple as that. Um, so I can't wait to, to get in, and I'm sure we're going to fight. You know, Apache Mix, if that happens too, I'm, I'm happy. I've, I've, I've invited both of them to Dublin. They're more than welcome. Does it have to happen in Dublin for you, uh, or, or would you be happy to fight, say, the likes of Andreas in uh, the U.S.? Oh, yeah, I'd love a U.S. fight again. You know what I mean? I've uh, Dublin is great because, you know, it's two hours down the road for me, but it's also, you know, it's uh, an iconic place for mixed martial arts right now, but Bellator is a U.S. promotion, so I'd like to be, you know, spreading myself over both regions. Mm-hmm. To be honest, you know what I mean. Building a name, you know, even more in in uh, across Europe, and then, you know, showing the U.S. fans what I can do as well. And a lot of them are familiar with my name already, but not in bantamweight, not at 135, where I will be the champion. So you know, the sooner the better. Whether it's in the states, whether it's in 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 the U.K., whether it's in Ireland, I don't mind. I don't mind, but me and Ricky, it's only, it's inevitable. You tell me a matchup that makes more sense right now. No, I love it. I love the whole narrative, and I think it becomes, I think it's a very valuable matchup for both of you. Of course, Ricky can continue this narrative with the SBG Hunter situation, or the, you know, he's going in and taking out guys from that gym, whereas it becomes a huge scalp for you to stop this, right? If you're the guy who ends that narrative, you're the guy, oh, I'm going to put a line through this, um, I think that adds a lot of fan interest, and of course, that's very important today, but then you just think about the matchup, right? Like, it's a different matchup. It's a very different matchup, Gallagher v. Bandeas and Malambo v. Bandeas, and then you like what what way do you see that you know like I, I looked at his performance now Ricky's an honest bloke you have to tell you have to give him that like anything that comes out of his mouth is pretty much a truth you got to take that he said he was sick for that fight and I believe him you know what I mean and for him to be able to go through that adversity and still pick up a, a win against you seen how Franz was like he was very good so against a yes. very very good opponent Franz you got to take, take your hat off to Ricky but you know, I'm a different I'm a different breed you know what I mean especially at 135 you know what I mean? One thing that really stood out to me against Bandeas is how emotionally invested he got in the stand-up. He wasn't willing to go for a takedown on France, even though he was losing that fight. He just found a way to win. But, you know, if he, if he doesn't shoot on me, he's going to be in a hell of a lot of trouble. If he does shoot on me, he's still going to be in trouble. It's a it's a fight where stylistically it makes sense. It's a fight where the UFC are coming back to, to Ireland. They're wanting to put on big shows, I'm sure, or big fights, Bellator, I'm sure. This is a big fight. This has title implications. This has now history. In it, you know what I mean? We both are, are hungry guys. We, we don't really run our mouths a whole lot. We just love a good scrap. And the fans will fucking love this one. They will love this one. You know what I mean? And I always to two Irish fans now. I don't want them. I, I, I do not want to miss hometown fights. And, and people in the arena were asking me, "Oh, I can't wait to see you back in there." I was. You got mobbed, yeah. Look- when you came down to speak to us very briefly, there was so many people there uh, looking for pictures and stuff like that. People very interesting. You know, I, I completely agree with that. And and the yeah. other thing, Brian, is like. You've gone in on short notice against Vigil, McKee, these guys who are like top of the food chain at 145. I'd love to see yeah. you at a, with a full camp going in against one of the guys top of the food chain at 135, you know? Pizzi, the only time I've ever been given a full camp in Bellator against a good guy was against No Adler Hat. I took that a fight was an amazing performance. In a couple of weeks, I took a fight against uh, AJ McKee on a couple of weeks when I should never have been fighting in that fight. 
Um, we went through that before. The only camp I was ever fully given was against Noel Had, and that was the easiest five minutes of my life until I had until I broke my hands set broke my hands seven times and I still continued. You know, they talk about the Pettis, uh, Anthony Pettis being a fucking you know, he, he he continued on for a round with a broken hand. I continued on for twelve minutes with seven breaks in my hands, you know what I mean? Crazy. And so like Give me a full camp, you know what I mean? And, and, and Jesus, what? I'll get a little bit of luck someday. <laughs> you know <laughs> I what love I mean? It. Where I don't be breaking things in bits. And, uh, you know, look, at 135, I don't need luck. I just, all, all I need is a full camp, and I'm putting all these guys away. And there's so many options right there. You know, Patchy Mix is a great fight. Uh, Bandez is a great fight. And there's more there. There's more guys out there. I can't wait to get at. And look, at, I've been a bit more vocal. I wanted Joe Warren. That ain't happening. He's not coming anywhere near me. But I've asked for Bandez, and he's a, he's a greedy guy. He'll put his he'll put a pen to paper the same way I will, as I will. So all they need to do is send out that paper to us. Well, Brian, I gotta say, um, you have sold it to me, my friend. I'm I am all <laughs> on board for that fight. Um, and and look, the one thing I criticize uh, Bellator about is not being able to create these narratives, these storylines that get fans involved, that make the fans have skin in the game. And I think that would rally the whole Irish support behind you. And of course, look. Uh, SBG is a polarizing brand. There will be Americans backing Bandeas and hoping he goes in and continues his run. I think they'd be crazy not to make it. And I really hope it happens, Brian. Yeah, look, I think I think it's inevitable. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm uh, I've I've tried to make it happen on my end. Ricky's all game, like he always is. So look at whether it's Mike Hogan, you know what I mean, Scott, whichever one he is. Want to send me out those contracts? Just just get him out and let's get this thing going. You know what I mean? And uh, look, at I'd like to get one in there before and then this. You know, Dublin is almost towards the end of the year. So whether I go to the States to fight Ricky, whether, you know what I mean, whether it happens in October, I don't care. You know what I mean? Well, let's let's just go. Um, I'm ready to go right now. Brian, absolute pleasure to speak to you. You're a gentleman. Uh, one of our favorite guests we have had on the podcast over the years. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And I look forward to uh, hopefully watching this fight in person because I'm very excited about it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too, man. All the best, sir. Good boy. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Great to speak to Brian Moore. Um, Brian, I hate you. You're a horrible person. Yeah, I mean, he's such a dick. <laughs> he's a lovely, lovely lad. Um, seemed, he was beaming there on, on Saturday as well. Seemed uh, He was he, in serious form. Yeah, he was in great, uh, great form. Seeming. He's done a serious job with that new gym as well. More yeah. fitness and built his gaff from fucking scratch. Gaff looks lovely, Unbelievable. Actually, yeah. I asked him, would he build me one or would he let me fucking lodge out the back? He said he'd do a studio for us out Did the back. He? Yeah, Fucking savage. That he would be awesome, like wouldn't Half it? the price of rent in Dublin. Well, there, there you go, Brian. I'm going to hold you to that one. So you'll be, be down next week, yeah, with the, with the, with the bricks and mortar. Yeah, he was uh, talking about his hands there. It was pretty badass looking at those the scars. Scar man, yeah, yeah. You know, it looks fucking cool, I think. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it does look cool. It does look badass. But, you know, that's been a real unfortunate thing for Brian, those hand breaks, you know, and I think we saw it against um, uh, San Jose's um, Israeli when he when he no fought him. No, at Lahat when he fought him when he when he, he was talking up about the hand. seven breaks he had in his hand. hand. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, I, I watch people talking about Anthony Pettis. Oh, look how we fought for one round with broken hands. He was like, I fought the whole twelve time, minutes yeah. with Fair. seven breaks in yeah. two hands. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable to 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 put in the performance he did there in that fight. Was incredible, and he looks so good until he always looks so good. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, seems to be a bit more professional. Man. Jesus. <laughs> but uh, his boxing is savage, man. The guy's unbelievable. We've often said that you know Brian looks like one of the best guys. Oh, he with de- his definitely hands. looks like one of the best. Looks well, like one. Just, of- oh, sorry, sorry, fighting. sorry. One of the best guys. Yeah, he's good at fighting. In sorry. terms of his boxing skills, yeah. uh, in the country, and um, I think you know, as I said earlier on, that fight against Bandai just is, is a fucking no brainer. 
So Bellator won't do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they better do it. Yeah, they have oh. to do that, man. They have to do it. And I think Ricky as well. Give him a bit of credit, like as well, man. He he. I think he had he a hellish sick. weight cut. Like remember he was saying that he's he was, like, oh, he flew all week. <laughs> Fuck. And, uh, I was wondering why he was there. so quiet at that media day. I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ, yeah, trying to like, get blood from a stone here. Wasn't it? It was like two. It was like Steve Miocic interview. Um, just trying to pull teeth. Um, <laughs> Steve, a legendary interview as yeah, we always. Steve, how are you getting on? How's <laughs> form? You know, a big fight coming up. You're, you're excited. Yeah, man, good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right, let's have a look at this Norfolk card. There's quite a lot of Europeans in action, um, actually. But I love you, Steve. I know you don't listen to the show, or he probably does, actually. Everyone listens to the show. Come on, let me read So, fucking, uh, I, I, I don't want to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry. Um, Joey B uh, going for that world title again against Davison Figueredo. That's a great fight, man. And I'm kind of favoring Davison, but wouldn't it be a great story, story. if Joey B. Yeah, uh, well, I'm kind of sick. I'm getting title shots, though. <laughs> Is that an unfair thing to say? I see a lot of people saying that as well. Oh. But I feel like he's criminally underrated. Like, just because he hasn't been the champion for that long. I mean, he won that first title yeah. fight right back it, in there. Is the... there any flyweights left in the UFC to defend after this? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows what's going on with that division. But I think that's a great fight. It is. Really oh, on paper, fight. it's an excellent fight, yeah. but And hopefully it will come up trumps because, you know, if it doesn't, if it goes five, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the flyweights. Yeah, they, they suck. Flyweights are some of the best bloody fighters in the world, man. And, uh yeah, I just think, you know, you have that problem, though, and, you know, going forward, like, what the fuck? They haven't, Dana hasn't come out and said anything, like, it's, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't fucking I know. Did, nah, I think it's a thing, like, you know, they've signed Floyd since, they've signed Asker Yeah, well, that's true, yeah. It's been more positive signs, I'd say, anyway. Yeah. Um, Zara Fern in the co-main event against Felicia Spencer, she obviously, I think it was her debut against Megan Anderson when I was in Melbourne last year, she lost via submission, um... Ion Cutie Laba taking on Magomed Ankalev, so that's all European action there on the main card as well. Um... Let's have a look. There is fucking more. Uh, Marcin Toibura v. Sergei Spivak. That's uh, Sergei Spivak. I was actually very impressed with him. I saw him in uh, Melbourne as well. I believe it was Melbourne or was it Abu Dhabi? Oh, one or the other. Oh, 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 oh! It was Melbourne. Toy Tuivasa. He he submitted him. That was <laughs> a really right. good win. Um, yeah, that's a good fight between him and Toibura. Good chance for Spivak to make a big jump up there in the division. Um, how about the return of Tom Breeze? That's very exciting. Yeah, listen, Tom is a thoroughly talented guy. Um, unbelievable fighter you know we've seen him over the years what he's been able to do it's about getting a bit of consistency going for Tom now and, 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 and a good solid run of fights within a year um, a devastating performer he's unbelievable absolutely devastating on the ground and both obviously with his feet we saw that against uh, obviously Carl Pender that was we were talking about that earlier on yeah I mean like the Brendan Allen's a tough guy you know obviously I think he trains with Duke yeah. you mentioned earlier but Breeze um, I mean I, I guess I'm, I'm feeling positive about this because I, I, I'm looking at the form of Renegade at the moment and him being head coach there and like guys like Joy I wonder and, if that's a good thing though yeah guys like Joy and Leon coming on the show and, and singing Tom's praises mm. Um, what do you mean in terms of like in terms of him being a you know a coach you know a head coach of himself almost um, you know I don't know but I think that gym I think the way they work it is like the main fighters like Leon will take the wrestling yeah. class uh, Tom will do the boxing class um, I feel like they kind of just spread it out among themselves but I think Tom is definitely very yeah. very very um, at the forefront of that but yeah that's a good point um, I guess in a perfect world they would be completely dedicated to yeah, just their own fight exactly. career Um Looking forward to seeing him in there. Yeah, As definitely. you said, at, at his best, he's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ishmael 
Nordiev, the Austrian wonder boy who has been devastating at his best in the UFC, takes on Sean Brady, a man who's been on the bash before. Yeah, of Ireland's own. Ireland's Sean own. Brady. Look, it's an all European clash to open it Irish up as well. Pride. Um, That's a tough fight for Sean Brady. Though. Yeah, it is. It really is a tough fight. But I think we have to look at Sean's last fight, and I think we had him on before Court McGee. And he nearly finished court in the first round. Very unlucky not to, to finish him. That's a that's a great win on a day. It is a big win. Um, it, it Come on, Ireland. It proves that he can just go in there and, and, and mix with you know some of the top guys in there. And listen, Sean's only a young lad. 10-0, I believe he is. And um, yeah, that's a big, big test against um, the Austrian Wonderboy. I love watching that guy fight. Yeah, looking forward to that on the weekend. Not too much of a packed schedule this weekend, which is always good to see. And um, We're going to move on with our third interview of the day. We spoke to Cal Eleanor. It's all gone a bit sour between him and James Gallagher. My God, it is a completely different atmosphere between these two guys than it was the first time they were matched to fight. Obviously, those two have fallen out. Kyle Eleanor is not too convinced by uh, Gallagher's pullout here. He explains why. And um, I feel like this is building and building towards a big, big European fight in London in May. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing it, to be honest. I can't wait for it to play out now. Definitely. Um, so, look, we'll go and talk to Cal. We'll be back in about 10 minutes. Always a pleasure to speak to the Sunderland Strangler. Finally, I have the opportunity to speak to Cal Eleanor, a man who was the talk of the town in Dublin this weekend, even though, of course, his, his main event with James Gallagher did not go down. This fight has been rebooked for Bellator Dublin in a couple of months' time, and the appetite has never been stronger for it. Um Carl, I gotta ask you: Do you feel that? Do you feel this growing uh, sense of anticipation and expectation for this fight because it's been put off the two times so far? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like it's got loads more interest now. You know what I mean? People just wanna wanna see it get done, and and the longer it's taken actually happen, it's the more it's kind of winding James up and, and myself. You know what I mean? Like obviously, I think he's probably the same as me, and I'm sick of seeing him and. They haven't had prepared for him, and he's probably the same with me. So just that's why I think that's why it's a bit different now. You know what I mean? I just want to hurry up and fight, man. I'm sick of having to see him or talk about him, or you know what I mean? I just want to fight now. Yes, well, I appreciate you doing this, um, and I, I know uh, it must be because I, I saw the amount of media rounds you were already doing in Dublin. So I'm sorry for having to put you through it again. No, but, no. But this has become personal. We had James on the show last week, and he was like. <laughs> Whatever way you reacted to him withdrawing from this fight, he is now mm-hmm. believes it's a it's a personal vendetta between you two guys. Um, do you, can you comment on that more? Does it feel like there is more skin in the game for this for, for you now going into this fight? And how has the dynamic changed between you two guys? Uh, yeah, definitely. I just feel like the the way he went on when the fight got re like like rematched and put back on. You know, I thought he went on like a bit of tool there, uh, and then. Uh, to then see all that stuff at the press conference about, ah, I showed up, I showed up, and this I never pull out, I'm the strongest mindset in the game, this, that, and the other, and then to pull out two weeks or whatever it was from the fight and see it was a bad back, but then see on your podcast that it was a, he couldn't even lift his gym bag up, but then the day after the, the, the day after he pulled out, there's a photo of him on his Instagram with his gym bag on his shoulder, so I thought that was a bit ridiculous, and then to see him like parading about Bellator Dublin like a peacock on a uh, Saturday night, jumping all over when this fight's on, when he was supposed to be fighting anyway, uh, and then he's pulled out with an injury, and then what was also meant to be happening between the Charlie Ward fight and the main event, who was supposed to get in the cage, and I thought like um, for someone who always goes on about his fans and stuff like that, I thought it was a bit uh, a bit shitty how he didn't get in there, you know, supposed to do a little interview there. Um, Obviously, he was main event there, and he didn't. Uh, he, he chose not to do that, and he left. You know, so I thought. Uh, I thought that was a bit shit, like. But um, 
aside from that, I just want to hurry up and fight him now, mate. It's just one of them things, you know what I mean? When you thought about someone for that long, I just want to put the, the nail in the coffin, you know what I mean? Mm, from what you're saying there, you do stick by that. You do feel as though he made an excuse here to to not fight you in Dublin last weekend. Well, you know it is, mate. If he's genuinely injured, I would, you know, I, it is what it is. But to see him, uh, I didn't think he looked injured. And when we did the face off, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't stop putting his hands up like the day after he pulled out. As I see, he's doing selfie videos in his car, and you know what I mean. He looked fine, and then to see him jumping about when Kiefer Crosby was fighting on Saturday night like that looked like a man who could fight me. You know what I mean? So. I mean, if you can jump about like an idiot, you can you can certainly have a fight. You know what I mean? So it, it looks like he's it looks like he's blagging it. You know what I mean? Mm, no, absolutely, absolutely. And what was going on in the fight night? Because obviously, I'm I'm moving between the back area into the fights. I actually don't get to see an awful lot of fights on fight night. But from the guys who were sitting at the very top of press row, they said you guys were exchanging looks. James was rubbing his hands together when he was looking over at you. You were both very mm-hmm. intense. I mean, what was going on, and how long did this go on for between you guys? <laughs> uh, well, at first, I didn't see him when he walked in. Uh, and I looked up, and he was, like, staring at his, like, pulling his frown. So I was laughing at him. Like, I laugh at him every time. You know, I seen him, and I, I thought I thought it was funny. You know, I, like, I'm excited for the fight. Like, regardless whatever he says in the build-up, like, I genuinely don't care because we're going to fight anyway. So it's funny. And him acting like this just makes it even more satisfying that I'm going to get a punch in the head. So this is this is all good for me. Um, and then it was when he left. It was when he was on the way out. Like, I got the... Um, I don't know if it was the, I don't know what she is, Channel 5 or whatever, but she came over to me and she said, oh, when this fight finishes, we're going to get you and James. Like They'd already kind of told us the plan anyway, but then she came over and she was like, when this fight's finished, uh, we're going to get you. You're going to go in the uh, in the cage, do the talk and whatever. And then that's when James was walking out, uh, rubbing his hands, looking at us. So I was just clapping at him. I was just saying, like, we'll see. You know what I mean? Let, let, let's do it. You know what I mean? Uh, I said it to some other stuff, Adam. I can't remember what I said, but it was funny. And then, and then he left, and that was it. Pretty much it, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's it's crazy to me, Cal. And I've said this to you off the record a few times. From the first time this fight was booked to now, you've become a huge name, and the appetite for you has grown significantly. I mean, it's crazy to think about it, really. But the fact that this fight has been put off twice has actually made it one of the more interesting fights in European MMA, it seems, because all the fans are, are really up for this one, and I feel like more and more people are getting behind you, more and more people are getting behind James. It feels like a real rivalry that people are getting behind. Is, is that crazy for you to see, and this growing popularity, is it is it interesting you to have to be dealing with that, like being recognised in Dublin um, rather than you know Sunderland, where you're from and stuff? Nah, you know, it is. It's funny as it sounds, mate. This is something that I've thought for a long time would happen. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like people can relate to me, you know, kind of the same kind of upbringing as a lot of people, you know, especially people like from Dublin, Sutherland, you know, it's a kind of same like um, upbringings and stuff, you know, so I feel like people can relate to us. So I feel like that's why kind of people might be kind of getting behind us, you know, because I'm just a normal, a normal lad, you know, I don't pretend to have things that I don't or pretend to be bigger than what I am. I just, yeah, you know what I am. Whatever it is, you can just see the kind of person I am. Um, and I feel like that's all it is. I feel like I'm maybe relatable. Um, so I feel like that's why people's maybe getting behind us a bit. But it is. It's cool. You know what I mean. I'm enjoying every every minute of it, and I'm uh, excited for for what will come after this as well. You know, I've already been told that I'll be, uh, regardless of what happens after James, I'll be fighting in America. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to see what happens there. Do you um like I mean. Do you have many Irish people walking up to you and telling you they want to see you beat James? Because he is a very polarizing figure, right? 
100%. I get messages all the time. Um, I get messages from Irish people all the time, funnily enough. And when I was in Dublin, um, I had people coming up to say, you know, strangle James. I hope, I hope you strangle James wow. and stuff like that. And then I, I had to... It's funny, though, because in the same sense, uh, like I have, I have a few Irish people coming up to saying that and people people from wherever saying it. And then I had a couple of... <laughs> the first time this has actually happened, this, I had a couple of English guys when I was at Beltor coming up and asked us for a photo and then said, oh, look, uh, <laughs> we like you and that, but we're, we're rooting for James. And I was like, you know what it is? Like, I, I appreciate your honesty, man. That's cool. You know what I mean? That, whether, whether you want me to lose or you want me to win... I'm just happy that people are interested in the fight. You know what I mean? It's it's promoting promoting my name and his name, and it, it's going to be big. You know what I mean? Especially now that it's third time round and it's in 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 England now. You know what I mean? I feel like I'll be able to bring thousands of people down, and it's going to be a special special occasion. Absolutely, Callan. Do you feel just finally? Do you feel as though that event missed your fight an awful lot? Because that's what a lot of people feel like. I mean, the main card maybe wasn't the most exciting in the world the last three fights, and I feel as though. A fight that so many people are interested in. You and James would have been huge there. Did you, did you kind of get that sense as you were sitting cage side? To be truthfully honest, mate, I did. Um, I really did. Um, it was a, it was a good card, really good card. Um, like I'm 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 not the the Martin guy or, or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't put the shows together. Um, I thought it went well. I thought it went well uh, for sure. And but um, I thought that I thought there was a good mix of fights. But some of the fights. Uh, my, some of my favourite fights of the night were some of the earlier ones, um, and I felt like it kind of maybe had like a bit of an impact on the card that it went that way. But um, I definitely feel like the the show missed out on a treat there because regardless of whatever way the fight went, I feel like that fight with me and James would have uh, blew the roof off. So, but I'm glad it's I, I'm I'm glad it's it, it's back in it this time. It's in in England. Um, so I so we'll we'll get to have that there. So I'm I'm buzzing for it like. Carl, thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure to speak to you, and I've loved watching this rise uh, in popularity that you've had, and this fight is going to be huge when it eventually happens, my friend. Cheers, mate. It's nice to speak to you too, PT, mate. Thank you. All the best. I'll see you in England, sir. Cheers, man. Thank you, mate. See you soon, mate. Bye. It's getting very exciting ahead of the third scheduled meeting. Let's hopefully this third fingers, time is a fingers and toes crossed that it happens this time. Third time it's is a It's a way charm. bigger fight than the first time it was made, man. Huge. Yeah, it's wet our appetite as we said earlier on. Yeah, people just has. want to see it more now, and the shit talks building even more. My God, which is great. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm thoroughly excited for that fight card in itself. Yeah, James Haskell as well. Yeah, mm. what did he do before this again? Oh, he's a reality TV show guy, wasn't he? Yeah, and a rugby player. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, rugby heard it all. Uh, Let's. Um, did you watch Toys and Fury, man? I I was so caught up in this fight. I mean, I was eating disciples fight disciples every day in the lead up to. I love tuning into them boys for big boxing fights, man. They just they they're they're just good fun, and it's like they can translate the message of the fight very well to a guy like me who isn't tuning in yeah, every yeah, week to yeah, boxing. Yeah. And um, Garrett Day, our great friend Garrett Day yeah. Davies, doing a great job over always, there as well. Always uh, one of the best at getting those. Big fights, and he, he, fucking, he gets everyone, doesn't he? He does, man. He gets everyone. And he looks uh, fucking good doing it. He looks good. And I'll tell you what, man, I was in Gar- when I was in Garrett with Khabib fight the last time, the amount of people that come up to him in Vegas. Well, he's like a brand. Like he's, he's like, you know, he has cut, he, he's cut out a, a place in this bar for himself that no one can ever take yeah. away from. You know what I mean? He's like, like our, literally Americans all over. Yeah. Well, he's great he crack. He, he is. is. He's, he's fucking unbelievable crack. He is, man. Garrett, he spices He gets a hard there. time. He gets a hard time, man. When he is at a fight week, me and you are... Are fucking buzzing. Yeah, we oh, love, it's great, crack. Like, hang, hang around, going a few drinks, got a quintet, stuff like that. Tequila. 
Tequila, tequila, and an, <laughs> tequila and an olive. Oh, Niall, I love you yeah. so much. He goes, he goes to me, he was sick, obviously, last year. He had the heart great. issue. And he goes to me, let's get a tequila, but we'll only sip it this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking legend. I love the guy. He's an absolute G. But did you watch Fury? It was an unbelievable fight. What a performance. I didn't watch it. Oh, my God. Oh, I fell asleep five seconds before. Yeah, I was I buzzing all it. week. Fucking Bellator stole all my lifeblood. Yeah. And I fell asleep. Oh, man, it is. It's tough, though. Like we're, we're, We were in the arena from four... Four o'clock. I felt like I was there for weeks, man. And we didn't get out until what half twelve, quarter to one. And you go. I went straight over to the to Gibson to tune into UFC. Yeah, Auckland. So like it's four o'clock by the time I'm even getting in my fucking door. I didn't get to bed, sleep till five o'clock. I was just bollocks. I yeah. fell asleep. Oh, I had such a great sleep, and then I went and got an inebriated the next day. But, <laughs> but 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 Casey, Casey, I want to say a big thanks to Casey Lloyden for fucking bailing me out because I got home and obviously you're doing everything yourself and. It goes without saying that I'm not the most video savvy guy. The, the most I'm not the best at editing Tell and you stuff man, like you, that. You, in fairness, to you, you've done a you've done a great job. You've really improved. I know, in but short space of time. So but luckily, I, I was going to come back and I had still like maybe five things to upload, and I was like, "This is going to take fucking two yeah. hours." And um, I'm not very good at it, as I said. And Casey's like, "Just send all over the raw footage and go to bed." And I was like, "I'm going to watch this fight." I was like, "Yeah, I'll definitely go to bed. I'm going to watch this fight though." <sighs> Knocked out. So thanks, Casey. You're a legend, man. I love you. Um, what about? Anthony giving me that big crystal. Anthony, a man who has uh, been in Lahore's camp before. Um, I think he was working very closely with King Mo. Um, that was the- cool. I was like, what the fuck? Just landed on the yoke. It was the best thing ever, um, man. I was just like, holy shit. Presented a crystal, huh? Unbelievable. Yeah. A salt lamp crystal is what it is. Apparently, Pendred was telling me it's to up the old libido for the riding. Like, oh, is that what it is? He says, you plug that in and stick an old lamp on and uh, it increases the libido. Uh, for for people, I guess. Jose Wong's death definitely needs one. Oh, 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 oh fucking <laughs> the blow! Two two quick jabs in this episode uh, so yeah. far. I'm, a, qu- I'm, a, I'm a quick witted young lad, <laughs> and it's not this beef is going nowhere. <laughs> uh, but that was amazing. And, and look, more than ever, I felt there. Uh, it doesn't happen an awful lot that we we for me anyway. With people coming up to you and saying, yeah, oh, listen to the podcast. It was a lot the other night. Everyone asking to see my socks. I debuted my Elaine and Reggie yeah. socks as well. Had a kid run up to me, about <laughs> 10 year old, and he goes, Show us your socks, mister. <laughs> I did, I showed him. But, um, and that's great. To, it's great to hear from, from, from people who listen to the show and appreciate our work. It's very humbling, in my opinion. It's great. Yeah, we, well, we never thought it was going to yeah. take off to this extent. It's fucking yeah. mental, to be yeah. honest. Uh, it blew any kind of aspirations we had in terms of viewing and stuff out of the water in our first year and we've kept going strong so we really appreciate all these and um, definitely here here it's legends. a new experience for us too so it's 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 been a wild ride yeah um slick motherfuckers listen to the show yeah please. and no fucking casuals more importantly no, fuck i hate casuals. those fucking reptilian pricks but um keep rating keep reviewing share that motherfucker out be part of the movement <laughs> be part of this audio broccoli get one of your five a day every tuesday morning baby Audio broccoli, do you like Hashtag that? Hashtag audio broccoli. <laughs> audio broccoli and Jose Young's a bitch. Oh! <laughs> he just dropped one in, that's three. I'm going to have to do this A-side with him now on Wednesday. He's going to be did all you, fired up. you don't notice on, uh, as well, they played Return of the Mac the other night. That was Great for you? That's going to be your entrance music. Of course it is. Oh, definitely, 100%. Return have you talked Mac. to USC about this fight yet? Be honest. Yeah, I've been in talks. I just I can't agree on a fee at the moment. You know, fair it's, enough. Fair it's, enough. You've uh, got to get paid for a fight like that's yeah, a big one. It's it's a big one. It's know. for all the marbles in the, podcasting. <laughs> the marbles crystals for not. <laughs> uh, Nothing wrong with crystals, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I haven't been able to get over the line yet, and it's, I obviously need to catch weight as yeah. well. So. Yeah, 
What, what type of catchway are we looking at for this one? Two ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we're absolutely fucking bollocks, lads. Yeah, um, I'm so fun. tired of obviously not doing myself any favors, but with yesterday's look at it, look, look how hardcore we are. In, we're in, still in the watching. We're still watching a, fights. TV on with fights. Not, not from about two months ago. Who cares? You know, hook it up to my veins. But uh, look, thanks very much. Thanks very much to the Peace. great Hoist Gracie, to the great Brian Moore, and to the great Cal Eleanor. Uh, plenty of fun storylines developing here, uh, and we'll be back next week to talk even more of them. Don't be a fucking casual. Tell your mates not to be casual. Peace. There's nothing casual about us. Peace. Mwah. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. 